0: listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette.
1: And I'm Mary Jo Tumare.
0: Mary, I do not know how many times you and I have said, okay, Trump has done something crazier than all the crazies. He is the Lord of crazies. And whenever we think that, he does something more. And now we find out that he was convinced that uh, the Democrats were going to dump Joe Biden and replace him on the ticket to run for president, either with Hillary Clinton or with Michelle Obama. And so uh, Trump concluded from this, because he's like the political mastermind, that he should not criticize or jump all over joe biden this i guess was before the ukraine uh, because otherwise he would run him out of the race and then he'd be stuck running against hillary clinton who we already know can get many more votes for him i (laughs) i'm so sorry
1: to laugh but i I read that i read that and i thought Wow. You know how we used to say, is he an evil genius? So let's just shorten that. He's evil, but he's not a genius. But I think part of that, the kind of predicate of it is he was convinced that he was the one that damaged um, Liz Warren. Really? And that's, yes. So that, and that's why she didn't do better in the primaries. So, you know, because his ego is so huge, right? So he thought, well, if my talking about Biden has that same effect on him, then, you know, maybe I should just go light on him because I don't think I can beat Hillary twice or I can't beat Michelle Obama. But the thing, the, the fact that he thought that the Democrats would go against their process And not give Biden the nomination tells you about something else we've talked about is how little he understands the process that ended up propelling him to the presidency.
0: He he doesn't. And I, you know, I, I I'm imagining like you're a good, hardworking, responsible young woman, and you get a job in the White House. That's a big deal. You're your family, everybody is congratulating you. You're not a big political operative, but you get to be there at the meetings. I don't know, you're taking notes, whatever you are. And you go in and you're sitting there and you hear this going on. What could you think? You think, this, no, this is like crazy stuff, but I'm in the president's office, the Oval Office. It is so nuts. And he's sitting here thinking that because he called Liz Warren Pocahontas, that's the reason why she's not winning.
1: Right, instead of understanding the complexity of the democratic field at the time. So it goes back again to how, um, how much he simplified what is otherwise quite complex. And you know, John, sometimes i think that's why we are where we are today because if you remember early on before he won there were these like kind of memes and jokes that trump was like the old guy sitting at the end of the bar just saying stuff like yeah you know we gotta blow china up," <laughs> stuff yeah. like that and you know just like very simple reason a simple explanations or um, uh, solutions to very complex problems but that's how he governed and then as a result that's how he saw what was happening in the democratic race and the one meeting it was like a, a foreign policy meeting or something and he broke in to start talking about that with whoever his advisors were sure enough they're like Mr. President that's not what this meeting is about I don't know who reported on that but i thought oh my god this is so crazy
0: so well and apparently not only is he there you know spewing old guy at the end of the bar kind of stuff but he surrounds himself i guess everybody does this surrounds himself with people who think like this and among their new ideas this folks were just loading the laughs in this episode is that there were italian satellites. They're always so specific in this. And these Italian satellites were controlling, if I understood it right, the voting machines and changing changing votes. Now, some, I guess maybe he heard that on media, maybe on OAN or something like that. Otherwise, some whack job sitting in the Oval Office told him that. Yeah.
1: And then Mark Meadows acted on that. Right. So, I mean, yeah. if you heard that reporting that he was trying to get the uh, acting attorney general to investigate this crazy stuff. You know, Barr had said, listen, the election was fair. I'm done. I'm out. But the Justice Department, it, it appears that the Justice Department was so compromised by Trump. And the influence that he exerted and his people exerted um, that there was an attempt from the chief of staff to disrupt the um, results of the 2020 election by the Justice Department. That's really frightening stuff. I mean, so there's the like funny part about it. And then there's the frightening
0: part about it. There <laughs> is. And you just mentioned the Justice Department was compromised. I mean, it's the other thing that's on my mind today. Let me tell the story. I think the woman's name is Jean Carroll. Correct me if I, I have that wrong. And she was a woman of considerable accomplishment. And she has claimed that Donald Trump, This it's all kind of strange, but that he was in a changing room with her. Now, I don't know quite why Donald Trump was there, and he pushed her, uh, put his hand down her pants, and, uh, and raped her. That's what he said. Donald Trump responded to this, no way, she's not even my type. Okay, besides being a really awful response, uh, she took particular umbrage uh, with the fact that he had called her a, lawyer, a liar, and she sued him. Do I have that right so far? Right. She sued him for defamation. For defamation. And that was filed originally in the state courts. But Bill Barr moved it to a federal court and changed the defendant from Donald Trump to the United States of America. And what Barr argued was that Donald Trump, in saying that she was a big liar and not his type and that all this was crap, was that he was acting in his capacity as president of the United States. And therefore, you can't sue the government for what what they say. Now, all this is crazy enough, but really what's really got me going is the Biden Justice Department is continuing this. They're supporting supporting that claim and continuing essentially to defend Donald Trump.
1: But are they defending Donald Trump or are they defending the presidency? That I think is really the-
0: Okay, you better explain that because I'm not certain I understand it.
1: <clears throat> because if Barr, the way I understood it, and, and again, I could be wrong about this, is that what Barr did is say that Trump was acting in his capacity as president of the United States, not acting as an individual. So there's a distinction in the law between whether or not you did something in your individual capacity or you did something in your um, professional or governmental capacity. So my understanding of what the Justice Department is fighting, is continuing to fight on, is that the president cannot be sued for defamation in his capacity as president of the United States. As you don't want the, to chill the president from being able to speak if he's going to be sued all the time on these kind of, um, you know, these kinds of torts, which is what a defamation claim yeah. is.
0: Okay, you explained it well, and I get the point of that. But can't we tell the difference between, let's say, President Biden saying. Anybody who doesn't support infrastructure or voting rights is an uh, idiot and a racist and understanding that's part of political speech and uh, speaking as a president. But can not we tell the difference between that and a president saying that woman's a big, fat liar? She's not my type anyway. I wouldn't wouldn't sleep with her. Somehow there there seems like a difference in kind that we ought to be able to separate. I
1: mean, I, I think you're right. There is a difference, but um, the law is a clumsy tool, John, and it doesn't always make those distinctions well. So, in other words, if um, if Biden is fighting with Joe Manchin, for example, about you know what Manchin and he says, I you know Manchin said, oh the president told me that, and he said no, he's a liar. I never said that you don't want Manchin to be able to sue the president for defamation. You don't want that, right? Because you're going to affect political discourse. So this was a non-political uh, matter. But it's just, um, it's a, it's, it can be gray there in the middle. You know, it's one of the reasons I never agreed with the uh, Clinton case on the lawsuit being able to go forward against him on a personal matter. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. these things, they always have consequences that we can't anticipate today. And I suspect that that's why the Justice Department um, under Merrick Garland has said, we don't like Trump and we don't like this thing, but we are not going to be party to weakening um the ability of the president to act in his
0: presidential capacity. That's my guess. I don't know that. No, but I I think you're absolutely right. And I'm certain Merrick Garland and the people he has around him has thought through uh, the intricacies of that law and have gone ahead and made a decision as bad. And I'm going to admit the fact I just like bad crap happening to Donald Trump. (laughs) That's that's like my judicial philosophy, if I was sitting down on the bench with the robe and everything, I would say to my uh, fellow justices, OK, anybody got an idea on how bad crap can happen to Donald Trump? And then we'd like put that all out on, on the table.
1: Well, of what you are not, my friend, is an institutionalist. No. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is very much an institutionalist. So this is like the, the episode where we jump all over the place. I think because. uh, Biden is such an institutionalist is one of the reasons he's not come down harder on Manchin, because I'm not so sure that he doesn't agree with Joe Manchin about the filibuster. So this is what, so so the thing about someone who's an institutionalist is the decisions they're going to make sometimes are not going to feel good to those of us who are more results oriented and less process oriented.
0: I I agree with you, and frankly, I think if Joe Biden were in the Senate, I think he would be somewhere in a similar spot to Joe Manchin. I I think that's that's absolutely true. I also, I'm going to confess right now, uh, while it just pains me that voting rights is not being passed, uh, everything that's going on, the nonsense with trying to find 10 more Republicans, but every time I think about the filibuster. I picture Brett Kavanaugh and I picture, what's her name, Amy Coney Barrett. And of course the the reason those two are on the Supreme Court and substantial things are in danger is because the uh, filibuster is no longer used for Supreme Court candidates. And that was kind of a progression because Harry Reid the leader of the Democrats wanted to get his judicial appointments through, so he got the filibuster out of that. Mitch McConnell, if i have my history right, said, "Okay, we'll do the same thing on the Supreme Supreme Court." I mean, those are consequences I don't like, and I don't know. Maybe that's just a fact of life. So that does make me a little bit nervous.
1: Right. So I mean, it's it's an interesting time in a way because I do think. We're going through some restructuring, or I'm hoping, restructuring our processes so that we can be more effective at governance, which we're not effective at governance right now. But change is a very painful thing. I think that to get back to the Justice Department, I think they're going through a very painful period now where they're having to figure out yeah. You know, what, do, well, what do we do?
0: Mm-hmm. It's tough. And I, I understand it because I'm, I'm going through a very painful period. I, Folks may not know, I have gone back to work and I have a work schedule every day this week. And I asked today, I asked my boss, and do you know when you have a job? They generally expect that you're going to keep coming in every day,
1: day <laughs> after This is why people retire, John.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. This is not easy. All right. Have a good day. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song
1: by David Paulette.